I suggest that we can prove the existence of God from the impossibility of the contrary. As Christians, we do not give up our intellect. The strongest evidence and argument for the existence of God is that without a belief in God, you can't prove anything. How can the law be material? That's the question I'm going to ask you. I would say no. And can you give me an example of anything other than God that's immaterial? Welcome to the Revealed Apologetics podcast. I'm your host, Elias Ayala, and here at Revealed Apologetics, Our goal is to equip believers to defend the Christian faith, and we want to equip you to do it in a way that is honoring to God and faithful to Scripture. So sit back, relax, get your thinking caps on, and let's dive into our topic for today. Welcome back to the Revealed Apologetics podcast, and today we have a very interesting topic, and it is um, kind of common fare in the realm of apologetics. Uh, when we are called to defend the Christian faith, um, we are often, uh, you know, what what that often includes is the necessity of defending the character of God, right? When we're defending the Christian faith, that includes things like, um, you know explaining to the unbeliever their misunderstandings and and kind of explaining the proper conception of God as laid out in Scripture, right? Because I think a lot of the attacks on the Christian faith are based upon misunderstandings of the Christian faith. Um, And so what is going to be required of of the apologist is to know their theology, um, you know, well enough to be able to respond to the um, objection that the unbeliever is going to bring forth. And so um, we need to be sure that we are equipped in that regard, right? We need to know what the Bible teaches about um, important topics that often come up within the apologetic context. And so uh, keeping that in mind, um, it is very important to not only be reading your Bible, right, knowing what the Bible uh, says about specific things that unbelievers bring up, and studying systematic theology, Okay, systematic theology is a very important aspect of Christian apologetics. Now, now, what is systematic theology? Let's let's define our terms here. Systematic theology, as defined in Wayne Grudem's systematic theology, it's a good systematic theology I like to use. Um, there, there are others, of course, um, but uh, Grudem defines systematic theology as any study that that asks the question, "What does the whole Bible have to say to us today about any given topic?" And I think the very important aspect of that definition is what does the whole Bible have to say? You see, as Christians, we believe that all Scripture is inspired by God, 2 Timothy 3.16. And so everything within the Bible, we have consistency. Everything that we believe um, uh, is connected to other beliefs, right, which form the network of our beliefs, our worldview perspective. And 
we need to understand how to think about God in a consistent fashion um, as it relates to what he has said about himself throughout the Bible. So that's that's a super important thing to, to keep in mind. So studying scripture, um, being well-equipped um, in theology, and understanding your faith puts us in a better position to um, answer the questions and objections that the unbeliever raises. So um, what question are we going to be discussing in this episode uh, today um, is the question, is the God of the Bible evil? Okay, this is a common question because uh, among the many attacks upon the Christian faith is the attack upon the character of God, um, and there is a desire to show uh, perhaps a moral deficiency within God or perhaps a logical contradiction within the conception of the biblical God. And so, um, you know, we need to be able to answer those kinds of things, right? So, is the God of the Bible evil? That's going to be the question that I'm going to address in this episode. Now, the God of the Bible is often accused of, of being an evil deity. Now, on the one hand, the biblical text declares the goodness and righteousness of God, while, on the other hand, this very same God commands the death of the Canaanites and often allows evil acts of men to prevail. Now, does the biblical conception of God leave us with a contradictory picture of a God who is both perfectly good and at the same time what it appears to be relentlessly evil? And um, I think this is a, a fair question, and it allows us to expand on the nature of God and his goodness and how that all fits into into this these kinds of issues okay so so the from the christian perspective obviously uh, there there is no contradiction within the biblical conception of god there is however a great misunderstanding within the many critics of the god of the bible see the christian often gets pushback for, for even suggesting that the critic might possibly have a misunderstanding of who god is right the moment we begin to reconcile and explain of course, we are um, often accused of just, you know, backpedaling or, or, you know, something like that. But the reality is, no, the Bible is comprised of 66 books, 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament. Uh, there's a lot of what the Bible has to say in regards to his character and why God does things. And if uh, the objector is not willing to allow the Christian to answer uh, in a consistent fashion from within the biblical perspective, then what's the point of asking, you know, the question? Or bringing the objection, right? Um, so uh, we, uh, just as we would want the unbeliever to a answer our objections consistently within his own worldview, uh, there needs to be an allowance of of the Christian to answer consistently given their own worldview. I think that only that only makes sense, right? So uh, many people just take it for granted that they know what the Bible teaches concerning God. Now, again, God is greatly misunderstood. Now, I'm not I'm not saying this from the perspective that I, I know everything there is to know about God, and even things that are mentioned in the Bible are, are often difficult to grasp. Um, but be that as it may, there are many misconceptions and misunderstandings of God, um, especially within popular culture and within, uh, you know, the average churchgoer who doesn't really look into these things. Uh, you know, this misunderstanding is clearly manifest in the often asserted, you know, God is love idea, right? And uh, there's always a great emphasis on the love of God, which I think is appropriate uh, because the Bible, you know, the Bible does teach that God is love. First John 4, 8, right? But is this the whole picture? We need to think about this for a moment. 
when we are speaking of the God of the Bible, we need to consider what the Bible in its entirety has to say regarding God's character and nature. Right? One can't cherry-pick attributes of God and then isolate them from other attributes of God which are clearly described in the biblical text itself. I think it's precisely because of a disjointed view of God in the Bible that you know leads to the often presented contradictory conception of the biblical God. Because there's an imbalance, uh, contradictions within the nature of God are produced within the minds of people because they have themselves a disjointed view of what the Bible has to say concerning God. Right? On the one hand, the Bible does say that God is love, but the Bible says much more than that. I think another important thing to keep in mind, too, is that if one wants to talk about the God of the Bible, then they must include all of what the Bible has to say about him. Otherwise, to leave out what the Bible says about God is, is to not be talking about the God of the Bible. Now, within the Christian worldview... Man knows about God because God has revealed himself, right? We, can't, we cannot say anything about God uh, that he himself has not revealed, right? If God hasn't revealed something about himself, then we need to be very cautious as to what we say about him. So anytime a person isolates or, or cherry-picks the attributes of God, they are at that point no longer speaking of the God of the Christian worldview, Okay? That's important to recognize. Now, this is important within an apologetic context since many of the critiques of the God of the Bible are, are based upon unbiblical conceptions of God. I'm going to say that again. Many of the critiques of the God of the Bible are based upon unbiblical conceptions of the God of the Bible. All right, so if we're going to answer our initial question, is the God of the Bible evil? And if we're going to answer this question within a consistent Christian worldview perspective, then the answer is clearly no. Okay? For on the biblical picture, we are presented with a God who is holy, 1 Peter 1.16. We are presented with a God that is righteous, Psalm 11.7, and is himself a righteous judge, Psalm 7.11. These attributes are as much characteristics of God as is love, as we saw in 1 John 4.8. Now, God is not love only, but he is also those other attributes as well, the righteous and holy and, and things like that. And, and God will, as a good God, as a righteous God, as a holy God, will judge sinners. And he has judged sinners. He will judge sinners. And we see in Scripture that he judges sinners. God is also a sovereign ruler, right? He's the ruler of all things, and he has the right to execute his righteous and holy judgment upon sinners whenever he sees fit. And I think this is the problem for a lot of people. A lot of people want a conception of God in which God cannot be God and that we have the right to place judgment over what God does. And I think this is a, um, a, you know, an inappropriate and I think illogical and irrational position to hold if the God of the Bible exists. If God is God, he knows all things. He is perfectly righteous. He is perfectly holy. He is the only one in a position to judge sinners with such absoluteness and clarity and certainty of the rightness of what he's doing, regardless if you understand that or not, okay? Um, God gives life. He is free to take it. And nowhere in the Bible does God take life for no reason at all, right? The Bible doesn't teach that God just, you know, 
is capricious in this way that he just he gives things and just merely takes it for no reason or he allows bad things to happen and there's no reason for him for doing it he just does it because that's you know God is just a capricious being who doesn't really care about it see that's not the Christian conception of God right I think oftentimes God's judgment comes in the form of allowing the evil of man to produce its horrible effects God does permit evil and allows evil to run its course and other times God God's judgment takes different forms than that, right? But but one form of God's judgment is to allow evil to play out and to bring about the results that evil brings about, okay? And so when we're saying, you know, well, God is evil, well, it's not evil if God has perfectly righteous reasons for allowing the evil that men do to play out and run its course, right? If God has, uh, well, not if, God does have purposes in the things that he allows, Right. Either way, God is good and righteous in all that he does and permits. And so the reality of evil in the world really doesn't impinge upon or contradict God's goodness since God is all knowing and he's all good. And God has morally sufficient reasons for allowing the evil that that does occur in our world because he's also fulfilling an ultimately good and righteous purpose. Now, from the unbeliever's perspective, you don't have to believe that. Okay, but from within the Christian perspective, God is not evil because he is by nature good and everything he does either positively or negatively in allowing things within the Christian perspective he has morally sufficient reasons for doing those things within the biblical perspective God does not act randomly he has purposes because he's good those purposes are good now that's not to say that what the evil that God allows is good but it is good that he allows certain evils to occur because he is accomplishing other goods. Okay? Now, the fact that we can't see, we often can't see what God's purposes are, doesn't negate the fact that he has ultimately good purposes. And if we're operating upon a biblical conception of God, then it follows that God is righteous and the very standard of goodness itself, and hence the conclusion as to why there is evil in the world does not necessitate the answer, therefore he must not be good, right? He must be evil, you know? or if he is good, he's not all-powerful since evil does in fact you know, exist, as the argument goes. Okay. Now, is the God of the Bible evil? No. He's the standard of good without which one could not even determine something as evil. That's an important point to keep in mind as well. How do you know what is evil without a standard of good? How do you know what a crooked line is without having the standard of a straight line? Okay, uh, Standards are very important. And the problem with the unbeliever is that they have standards, but these standards are not objective in any sense. <laughs> right? They kind of, you know, that's why the issue of morality, good and evil within an atheistic framework, uh, many want to claim objective morality and, and objective categories uh, by which to measure something as good or bad or evil or whatever, but they don't have the worldview context in, in which that actually makes sense. Okay? So, uh, again, regardless of what you think about how God acts, if the Bible is true and God is everything the Bible says he is, He's good, he's holy, he's righteous, he expresses wrath, he is just, he is a judge, he will judge sin, he has judged sin, and as a perfect, righteous, and sovereign king, he is able to execute the judgment that he does in any way he sees fit. Again, uh, folks might not like that, but not liking something doesn't negate its truth. All right? Well, uh, 
So I hope that answers the question, is the God of the Bible evil? Well, of course not. If you're asking a Christian, we're going to answer this from within the Christian perspective. That is how um, internal critiques go. And we're talking about presuppositional apologetics and worldview critiques. Um, you know, it doesn't do any good to operate on an unbelieving worldview and then throw rocks from your worldview over into my worldview and fault my worldview for not meeting up to the standards of your worldview, right? In like fashion, the Christian is not to do that either. The Christian, from a presuppositional perspective, we want to hypothetically grant the truth of the unbeliever's perspective and show the illogical conclusions and irrational conclusions that flow from the hypothetical granting of its truth. Okay, now if you're internally critiquing the Christian perspective, you're granting the truth of the Christian perspective for argument's sake and trying to show internal contradictions. The attempt to try and show that the God of the Bible is evil doesn't work because within the Christian system, God is by definition good and the existence of evil is accounted for from within the biblical perspective. All right, so I, I hope that's helpful in kind of putting. Uh, you know, this question, is the God of the Bible evil, putting it within that presuppositional framework and kind of engaging in, in um, you know, uh, internal critique, but also defending the consistency of the Christian perspective, right? When we invite the unbeliever to jump into our worldview, uh, grant its truth hypothetically, and then engage in internal critique, at that point, we answer the questions that he brings, the internal critiques that he brings. We answer them from within the Christian perspective. And as you see, the Christian perspective has answers to those attempts at internally critiquing the Christian worldview. All right. Well, I hope this uh, episode has proved helpful. If you have any questions, um, you can definitely reach out to me. Uh, email me at revealedapologetics at gmail.com. Um, and I'm uh, looking forward to hearing from you if you have any questions, comments, or, or whatever. All right, well, I hope this is helpful. Take care, and God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening to Revealed Apologetics. If you have any questions that you would like me to answer um, on one of our podcast episodes, please feel free to send in your question uh, at revealedapologetics at gmail.com.